3: It's time to talk a little sports on this Friday afternoon. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. And there's a ton to get to. There's four teams left. That's it. Count them. One, two, three, four teams left in football for the 2022 season. I understand that we're about to be in February of 23, but the 2022 season has four teams left. There's also (laughs) some basketball we got to get to. I guess at this point you can call it recruiting that we'll get to later. At this point, who knows what that is. We'll explain it later or try to explain it later as best we can. Anyway, so we'll get to that at the 5 o'clock hour. More importantly, we're going to talk to Zach Selman today. Really excited about that conversation. Uh, I want us to talk to him about a lot of things. I can't wait to hear his perspective on Oklahoma and Texas's move to the SEC cuz he was at Oklahoma I have a qu- I, in in administration yeah. when that was decided. So I can't wait to hear his perspective on that as well.
2: Yeah, I've got I've got I you know obviously I've written down some questions I want to ask and that is among them for sure.
3: And also, hey, how are you going to raise NIL money to compete with Texas A&M? But it, you know, other stuff well, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We probably shouldn't like put him on the spot of how can you catch up to Texas A&M or, or whatever. We probably shouldn't do that, but he's been yeah. busy by the way. Uh followed his men's basketball team to Tuscaloosa, followed his women's basketball mm-hmm. team to Oxford, so he's not really giving himself mm-hmm. a chance to settle into his office. He's on the go, following his I think, teams I think he's
2: in the office of the day and then getting up and making these trips. I mean, you got to, you know, those are the two closest trips. You can leave a little late, eight yeah. o'clock tip. You can leave at five and, and get there
3: with plenty of time. You want to be part of the conversation? We'd love to have you on the text line 601 879 4395. That's the C Spire text line. Please don't text and drive. Use your voice text feature on your C Spire phone. Although, Sometimes it makes you look like an idiot, like it does me, all the time. I love voice text, despite the fact that it constantly makes me look stupid. It's safer than looking down and actually punching in the messages on your phone. We're blaming the voice text for that? (laughs) True. True. Come on. Uh, Anyway. But, yeah, we'd love to have you be a part of the show. Our first message of the show was, Kermit needs shooters. Ole Miss hasn't shot this bad in a long time. Uh. I think it's a little late in the game for uh, for that, but yeah. we, we appreciate it. Trade deadline's coming and gone, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think we're past that. Although, I do think that we should just start adopting those terms. I mean, you know, Lane Kiffin called the portal free agency. Why don't we just call it that? Not the portal window, free agency. Free agency ended last week, and free agency will well, begin again in we May. We could go
2: a step further and, and sort of keep the same terminology, but. You know, in uh, in soccer, it's called the transfer window. Yeah, you know the transfer window is open uh, from June to the last week of August, and then it's opened again first of January through the first of February. I think those are your windows for transfers. Same thing here; there are transfer windows.
3: Yeah, it's just a professional sport now. Might as well talk about it as hmm. if it is one. Jared says <laughs> USM Media Days, Dustin Dickerson was named as a relief pitcher, a hundred mile an hour shortstop. Yeah, I guess Chris Lamonis and Mike Bianco also met with the media today. All three did their media yeah, day thing. All three on the same day. I wonder if that was collabed or not.
2: I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that is just an odd coincidence. Yeah.
3: So when uh, probably Monday is is when we'll be able to to pull some audio and stuff from that and, and get you guys you know anything interesting that stood out? For example, Mike Bianco gonna start shifting. He, he's gonna implement the shift. I mean, you what? I know. I mean, twenty two years of coaching, and he's gonna start shifting. It's amazing what a uh, national championship does to your philosophy. So things like that that came out. But uh, Chris Limonis today, did anything like outstanding to you that that he said today that surprised you or anything? Oh, I didn't go. I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you had business to attend to.
2: Well, you know what I, I, I we, we talked to Chris Lamontis on. I had him on the Thunder and Lightning podcast a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, so I was like, what what could have possibly come up between now and then? And of course, with Chris Lamontis, you know, we know that we'll talk to him every Monday during baseball season, and we'll get you know a, a, that that perspective every Monday. So I left today for my cohorts on the beat to write their stories. I I, I did not participate.
3: Somebody asked any update on Dylan Johnson. That's gonna. That's what we're talking about. The recruiting or whatever that's uh, gonna come for the college football fix at uh, at five o'clock. Although we can't tease it because there was a guy last night, Hayden. I was using what you were saying as like you know why I was so confident. But there's there's this guy that was trying to tell me yesterday that you're an idiot for thinking he's going anywhere else because he's already at Washington. And I said no. He was like, "Yes, he is," and I and said, "No." He's definitely no. not in Washington, and he didn't yeah. believe me. And I was only confident in that because it was of on you. Twitter, yeah.
2: Oh, now I get to look at it. Okay, great. That's outstanding. I love to go back and look at stuff like this. And this I, I where, use the remind me of I, this
3: in a week thing. To, to yeah.
2: I, I always, I always just drop the uh, whenever it happens. I just quote tweet it with you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get up there and if you're not sure, you're not sure.
3: Yeah, another message, just an FYI, Southern Miss. Yes, they did, by the way. Uh, won again last night, 73-57 over Arkansas State to improve to 18-4 and and 7-2 and in the Sun Belt. Crowds are growing as well. And Southern Miss is 11-0 at home this season. Borky's definitely right when he says people care about good basketball in this state. Yeah, crowd looked great, especially for a weeknight. And Arkansas State is not going to be top billing in the Sun Belt either. But yes, exactly. I... I the the people that try to tell you or tell us that ah nobody cares here false false it doesn't even have to be great just be competitive and people here care how do i know i've seen it with my own eyes in southern miss last night again week night not a super duper sexy opponent and coliseum looked great last night good crowd really funny thing we might talk about later happened during the international students recognition <laughs> Ah, forget it. We can talk about it right now. Did you see the video? I mean, it's Australia's greatest <laughs> treasure, isn't it? So
2: It's Bonza.
3: <laughs> so Southern Miss last night, uh, I guess it was student-athletes, right? It was international yeah. student-athletes or, or even just international students. Either way, yeah. they, they had a big line of students on the court from various countries around the world. And most of the students had the flag of their country of origin in their hands, as they were getting recognized, uh, like, who they were and what country they were from. Really cool thing that Southern Miss did last night. But but the Australian contingent decided, forget the Aussie flag. We've got yeah. an Outback Steakhouse flag. <laughs>
2: Just Somebody should have been holding up a big blooming onion over their head. Some Aussie cheese fries. I'm, try, I'm trying to think, like, what other nation, you know... Could you have and not be totally offensive, and 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 do that with I, one is not coming to mind. I mean, well, I think it back. A couple came to mind, but they're totally offensive, so I can't say them on the air. But that's fantastic. I, I I don't know if that was just a mistake or if somebody was just having fun. You know, you had the thing with the other day with the uh, the Doordash guy, which if you find out that that's a prank, and of course, yeah, I, I really wish some of these kids would start getting arrested. I mean, I, I hate being a grumpy old man guy, but come on. But this is just, I think, good old-fashioned college hijinks. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed
3: it very much. <laughs> so Yeah. No rules, just right. Exactly. Yeah, that was hilarious. The, the DoorDash guy, if you guys didn't see it, it was uh, two nights ago. It was Wednesday night. Uh, Duquesne was yeah. hosting Loyola Chicago. Uh, boy, have they fallen off. but. There was a video during the course of play where a a guy that was posing as a DoorDash delivery guy had McDonald's in his hand, a bag and and a cup, and walked onto the court looking for the person that ordered the DoorDash during the course of play. Turns out it was fake, and he was trying to get cloud on the internet. It had a microphone attached uh, to his lapel on his jacket and everything. He faked that. So, that's lame. And... What should have happened to him is what happened to somebody I saw at airport recently. So I guess there's this new trend of viral videos where idiot kids will go to airports and run up and steal somebody's luggage and run away as a prank. And one guy had enough.
2: That's not a good and, prank in an, air, in an airport.
3: Yeah, and grabbed the kid at some point and like was holding him by the hair and was like, Nope, call the police. You are Nope, you're not messing with my stuff. And, and held the kid down. And the cops initially... Put the guy that did that in cuffs until they realized, oh, they're they're no. the idiots. But somebody finally was like, "Enough of this crap! You're not taking my luggage. This is not funny." And it's the kid be was that squealing. It's the only
2: way to teach,
3: yeah, I mean, the kid was just such a wuss too. I mean, just acting like. Anyway, so the DoorDash guy should have gotten a basketball to the forehead for for doing that. But <laughs> anyway, so two things when we come back one got football this weekend championship Sunday Chris Jones by the way is getting in on the uh, the back and forth conversation had a really funny quote today and then actually a sneaky really good slate of basketball games tomorrow in the SEC it's the SEC Big 12 Challenge Um, big one I think in, in Starkville tomorrow so we'll talk about that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl
0: River Resort studio Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Bob Nittawamba says I need to lighten up. It was probably the highlight of the game. Yeah, true. I probably should. But what happens if one of those players steps on his foot because he's in the middle of the game and rolls his ankle and he's out for three weeks, you know, that kind of stuff? I
2: I am normally, you know, let live and let live, laugh it off kind of guy. I try to be anyway. But these set-up TikTok pranks that are happening across the country, it's dangerous. Now, maybe not so much at at a basketball game. But some of the stuff where people are coming up to people in Walmart or Home Depot, you do this in the wrong state, and somebody's going to be, you know, somebody's going to have face some dire, dire consequences one day. So, I, I mean, I'm not, and I don't think that our ta- our audience is necessarily full of TikTokers. I don't know that a lot of you guys are planning to go out and, and on, you know, show yourself pranking people today. But I just feel like it's it goes too far. And this is a situation where, I mean, that kid could have very easily ended up in jail. Very easily. I mean, if somebody had arrested him for trespassing, nobody there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, of 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 upset people about it. So, so no, I, this is not one where I'm going to lighten up. I'll be honest with you. I, I, again, I hate playing the, the role of the grumpy old man. Of course, you know, nobody plays it better. But I'm not. I'm not going to. This is one where I, I just can't just walk away and say, yeah, you know.
3: Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get into the football, uh, you would know the answer to this, or you would have a take on this. Uh, okay. Adam and Monticello wants to know who you have winning the Royal Rumble tomorrow.
2: I'm so sad that Richard's not here, because <laughs> for Food Friday, I was going to set up everything about. You know, we were having a big get together to watch the biggest sporting event of the weekend, and we we're having this, this. And I was going to, but it's the Royal Rumble tomorrow night. Which is what I'm doing I, I'm going to a Royal Rumble watch party uh, My guess is they will bring back Cody Rhodes this week And he will win it and go to Wrestlemania To dethrone I don't know if they're going to dethrone Roman Reigns or not The guy's held the belt for almost two years now It's been fantastic But I don't know But Cody Rhodes is my pick to win the Rumble If I were going to bet
3: I hear you Well, uh, How much does that cost by the way Or does it cost anything
2: well, because I have a Peacock subscription, and I assume, oh. I'm going to somebody's house for this, they do too. So it's, you know, I guess it's like ten bucks a month. But I use it for that's which I watch Premier League on as well. So okay, comes out nice. Remember all the WWE Network stuff is on. Oh, it used to be like sixty bucks. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, we used to have to watch college football that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had a, a bad non-conference game for your team, you were. <laughs> You were paying forty bucks to watch it. Yeah. Gosh, could you imagine now, today, trying to charge somebody to watch state play well, New think Mexico that, State or whoever?
2: I still think about that Oklahoma was it Oklahoma Army. Oklahoma Army That was on some crazy pay per view and that guy just periscoped the whole game from his couch. Yep. I mean And a lot of people do that for fights and stuff. Though you can find you can always find a, a, a Twitter live or a Facebook live of Big boxing matches and big UFC fights and stuff like that, and you can just sit there and watch it. You know, it's it's herky jerky and there's people screaming, but you don't have
3: to pay. And uh it's not you that's risking not that I've arrested, ever that. it's it's them. It's not yeah. you. They're not gonna come busting down your door, but maybe uh, maybe theirs. Chris Jones today, by the way, got in on the uh whatever you want to call it, budding rivalry. I guess it was subtle, but I love it. And I love that it's the Mississippi guys that are fueling this, but He ended his press conference by saying, "See you guys in Burrowhead. So he heard what Mike Hilton had to say and what the Bengals people had to say, and it's going back and forth now and back and forth now. Here's the thing, though. If the Chiefs lose this game, can you call it a rivalry? Because at that point, Joe Burrow and the Bengals would own this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs. It can't be a rivalry if you never win.
2: It's not like Yankees Red Sox was before 2004 or anything like that, but the Mahomes Burrow rivalry isn't much of a rivalry. It's Burrow winning every time he faces yeah. Mahomes, and it's weird because Mahomes beats everybody else, but he can't beat this guy. And that's that to me is I've been saying for this this whole week is one of the the best storylines out there. It is is does Burrow elevate himself by going to back to back Super Bowls? He hasn't won one yet, but. Does he elevate himself over Mahomes as best quarterback in the NFL? Because you the, the case is very strong, especially when you take into consideration what we're talking about here. Mahomes can't beat him. Yeah. You can't be number one if you can't beat the same guy over and over again.
3: And that Cincinnati team had no business going to the Super Bowl last year, but they had there was one reason why. And it was Joe Burrow. That yeah. he was why they went to the Super Bowl a year ago and had a chance to win. I mean, receiver was open. If, uh, what was it, Aaron Donald got the sack, right? If he doesn't do that, Joe Burrow yeah. was throwing to, it, what Ramsey slipped, right? And was it Chase that was wide I open? I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, could have been a totally different story. Uh, stat of the day for you, Joe Burrow, by the way, 3-0 and in road playoff games. Hasn't lost a road playoff game, has three wins. That is more than Peyton Manning and Joe Montana. How about that?
2: I mean, I can believe that. I can believe, I mean, with Joe Montana especially, I don't know how many road playoff games he actually played. The 49ers were always the one seed when he was there. But for Manning, yeah, I mean, think about all the times Manning went to New
3: England and he didn't walk out a winner. So, yeah. The defensive talent, speaking of Chris Jones, from Mississippi Mm -hmm. in these two games is pretty yeah. awesome. So it's mostly dominated by state, right? They've got four like high-profile defensive players. Ole Miss has one, yeah. but still, it's Fletcher Cox and, and Slay and Jones and Willie Gay and Mike Yeah, Hilton. Willie Gay's become a big-time player this year. I mean, defense from this state, again, mostly yeah. state, but still, I mean, well, I mean, these are elite players. The, the- the
2: two all-pro defensive tackles both from Mississippi State this year not the pro bowl the all pros is Simmons and uh and Chris Jones Simmons is i guess if not this offseason next offseason he'll he'll finally roll into that 100 million dollar guaranteed deal Chris Jones Chris Jones is probably the best defensive lineman i think he may have overtaken Aaron Donald as the best defensive lineman in pro football uh, Fletcher Cox is nearing you know I mean, it's hard to believe that Fletcher Cox this is his 12th year wow 11th year in the league I mean, he's near. He's he's going to be a hall of famer. He's got an, he's got a Super Bowl. Yep. He's been a, a Pro Bowl and an All Pro. He'll he'll probably end up as a hall of famer. Um, yeah, the the defensive line talent for, I mean, we've been talking about it for years. I mean, that's not mentioning guys like Preston Smith has had good years. Montez Sweat is having good years. Yeah, he was um, much
3: better this year. Montez Sweat. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I thought so as well. So. And there's just so many guys, and and, you know, and not just not just defensive linemen, Obviously, that's where the but Willie Gay, like I mentioned, has become a big time player for Kansas City. Darius Slay is or was the highest paid cornerback in the league at one point. Martin Emerson had a great first year in in Cleveland. Cam Dantzler has been a good player for for Minnesota. So, I mean, all these guys that Mullen recruited through the years have just turned into to, to stars. That's great for Mississippi State's recruiting. Who
3: recruited Emmanuel Forbes?
2: So Forbes signed with Morehead, and was part. But he was part of the class that you know could have left mm. because Leach came in. But he ended up staying out. So he he. But he was signed in December of twenty nineteen as part of the class of twenty twenty. Okay.
3: Because Mel Kuyper has him. Uh, as a first round, as a twenty
2: third to the Vikings, so you would have you might have two state players on the uh, locking it down for the Vikings there. You'd have Dantzler and uh and uh, and Forbes possibly.
3: Is there anybody in this front six, the twenty twenty three version of State that will become you think that level? Not just you know get drafted be a good pro, but like be Fletcher you Cox know, or somebody like that. I don't,
2: I don't know about that level of talent. I love Jaden Crumedy, and I think he can be a good pro, but I don't know that he's. But at the same time, you know, think about a player like Danico Autry, who, quite honestly, at Mississippi State was just a decent player, wasn't a great player, but he's been in the NFL now for going on a decade and has been a great player for the Colts and now the Titans, and has been a consistent guy who can get after the quarterback. So maybe he could have a career like that. If, based on just talent alone, I think it's Trevion Williams who redshirted last year, but you didn't really get a chance to see him. State and we talked about that early in the season, and State did not rotate a lot of guys this year. I think Trevion, you see a little bit more of him, but talent-wise, he he's that guy. I don't know; it's just a question of him getting those reps. You know, but State as as a true freshman, Jeff Simmons didn't get a ton of playing time. Chris Jones didn't get a ton of playing time, so we'll see if uh, if that can hold
3: up. Good uh, good stuff there. We get a message if uh, asking us if we saw Rick Cleveland's article about Joe Burrow's Mississippi ties. Yeah, uh, great it's been stuff.
2: Rehashed a couple times. Yeah, yeah.
3: But but Rick, Amory. Rick is great, and every time he comes yeah. on the show, we learn something. Uh, so the, I, I am not disparaging the article when I say what I'm about to say. I swear, everybody on earth has ties to Mississippi. I swear they do. It's. I mean, it's. The six degrees of separation becomes two degrees if if you have ties to Mississippi. Everybody somehow yeah. has a connection back to this state. This is the center of the universe. Yeah. I swear it is.
2: I'm sure Mahomes has relatives here. I'm sure uh, yeah somewhere down. Jalen Hurts was going to commit to Mississippi State, and then he went and camped at Alabama, and Saban offered him. So there, there's your connection that yeah to that. He and AJ Brown uh, was Mullins. He, yeah, Mullen's, uh, he was Mullins' top QB target in whatever, I guess that would have been the class of 16. Um, what if? He, that's, the, that's the story that he was going go to go uh, to state. He went to Alabama for a camp and told Saban, like, I'm committing to state if you don't offer me. Saban was like, you got an offer. And the rest is history.
3: Alabama is trying to claim him, by the way. It cracks me up. Either way, we'll talk about the other we game. We can talk about that when we come back because that is some crap. We will do that. Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere.
0: What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now.
3: The Eagles hosting the 49ers. Starting quarterback for the Eagles. As you guys know, played at Alabama. Played well at Alabama. But remember, got benched. And after he got benched, was a good soldier. Handled it well. Came and saved Alabama's you-know-what in the SEC championship game. And then transferred to Oklahoma and was really, really good at Oklahoma. So the question is, because both of them are claiming him this week with all the graphics and all the built-by-Bama or whatever Oklahoma's uh, slogan is, uh, he is involved in all of their promotion leading up to the game, both schools. And he did play at both schools, but which one has the right to claim Jalen Hurts as their own going into this game. It's been a pretty hot debate on the internet streets about who deserves yes. to claim him or who gets to claim him. So, who is it?
2: It's Oklahoma. It's it's where you transfer to and where you finish up. Is Ohio State claiming Joe, Joe Burrow? No. I don't think so. No. Yeah, you know, and I understand Hertz did a lot more at Bama than Burrow did at Ohio State, but it doesn't matter. It's where you finish up, you know. And, and like you said, he got benched. He got benched at Oklahoma or at Alabama. He got he got moved to the side. No, and, and look, he may not. Apparently, he doesn't harbor any ill will towards Alabama. He still supports Alabama. That's fine. I I understand that. that I don't have an issue with that. But Alabama does not get to claim him today. No, no. I mean, if you get divorced, if you have a divorce, and then you become famous, while you you remarry, and then you become famous, your ex-wife doesn't get to say, oh, that's my husband.
3: No. It's who you're with now. It's who you finish the job with. Especially when she's the one that leaves you. Yes. Yes. She
2: left you for somebody she thought was better.
3: One message, Hurts will no, always be built by Bama. Did he get a degree from anywhere? I assume he's has multiple. Um, smart kid, yeah. and, and they're always in school. So for uh, for whatever that's worth, I don't know the answer of which one. I, I would assume he's got a de- at least one college degree, probably Sure, multiple. he's got a degree, yeah. yeah. How many national championships well, did he, he win at Oklahoma? He, he,
2: he transferred before the transfer portal was a thing, so he had to have been a grad transfer, right? Yeah,
3: so he has at least one.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah.
3: Chris is asking, "What school does he say when he does the player intros?" Honestly, I have no idea. I would bet it's either Oklahoma or his high school.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. Man, yeah, I'd, I never pay attention to this.
3: He graduated from Alabama before transferring. Does New England cl- get to claim Tom Brady? Same concept, huh? No.
2: What kind of same concept? You know, they don't. Do, it's not like the Baseball Hall of Fame where you wear a certain hat. On your on your on your plaque. But what are we talking about here? Do you not I mean, if who do I associate Tom Brady with? The Patriots. Yeah. He played there for much longer.
3: He didn't get benched by New England. It's a pro. Th- he didn't get benched, he just left.
2: That's not that's not even close to the same thing.
3: Yeah, when you're talking about professional sports with contracts and stuff like that, it's different. I mean Sam Mills is honored in uh the Panthers stadium. But Who did he play for? He was a saint. Yeah. Yeah. But either way. Chase says, uh, Hurts is a very odd scenario where I think both can claim him. Ohio State can't claim Burrow. I agree, because they chose somebody else over him. And Burrow never played there. Texas Tech can't claim Baker Mayfield, but Hertz won more games and played in bigger games at Alabama than Oklahoma.
2: No doubt. Well, I don't know about Played in bigger, I guess he played in the national one national championship game, or two, I guess because he lost one. But I, I just, I just disagree. I think that the last stop on the trail is where you go is where you, where you claiming yourself. I mean, do you, do we really think that in a couple of years, you know, Jackson you is USC going to claim Jackson Dart in a few years? I don't, I don't think so. No.
3: Mike in Grand Bay, the uh, the cold water says, "Who really cares about hurts? Um, I do." Oh, Mike! <laughs> Man. Man,
2: I just don't, I just don't know. We I don't know how to make people happy. I don't I, either. I just we're want to make them we're happy, talking about the starting
3: quarterback it. in the NFC Championship game, which happens this weekend. Who played against both Ole Miss and Mississippi State, probably Southern Miss too in his career, to, 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 with the way they schedule. I don't remember yeah. what years, but I would bet that he did. Southern Miss fans, chime in. Did, did you play against Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama? So I think it, we, have, they did. we have at least two schools in this state that played against the guy, and he's in the NFC Championship tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe, Mike, maybe you're right, but uh, State doesn't claim Schrader. I mean, you don't ever hear
2: Mississippi State fan. I mean... He, well, he's still in college, though. Well, you can't really do a lot of claiming there while you're at the other school. Let's see here, 2016, 2017, 2018, and he was gone. No, he didn't ever play Southern.
3: Oh, that's a shame. Well, we still... They played we got Southern
2: two. in 2019, so when Tua would have been the starter, and he would have been in Oklahoma at that point.
3: True story. Southern Miss, of course, there's a financial incentive involved with the way you schedule, but Southern Miss ain't scared of nobody when it comes to scheduling ain't scared of nobody who claims russell wilson
2: where did he finish nc state nc state i don't know that wisconsin claims him that's a good question going back i don't remember i don't remember wisconsin being on social media like our guys in the super bowl or our guy, our guy we love him i don't i don't remember that but of course that's back when transfers were a lot more acrimonious and You know, when people transferred, it usually was a bad situation. It wasn't just popping yourself into the portal and calling it a day. Different time.
3: So last stop on the trail, so the Patriots can't claim Brady, but Alabama can't claim Hurts. I think what he's trying to say is so the Patriots can claim Brady, but Alabama can't claim Hurts. Right. You got it. Paul says when people think of Hurts, they think of Alabama.
2: I bet people in Oklahoma don't. You know, I would because I live in Mississippi and I saw Jalen Hurts live three times play against Mississippi State.
3: uh, Sorry, Wilson finished at Wisconsin. He transferred from NC State to Wisconsin.
2: Okay, so it's the other way around. All right, well, then it doesn't matter. Just reverse everything I said, you know.
3: And apparently he says Russell Wilson from a whole pack of Badgers. Huh. That's pretty cool. So he mixes both well, a you. wolf pack of badgers? That's pretty cool. Everybody makes That's fun it. of Russell Wilson and like the high knees thing on the airplane was ridiculous. I like him. He's cheesy, he's corny, he's whatever, but I mean
2: I, I would go another uh I would go another step with Russell Wilson and say I think he's just weird.
3: He's weird.
2: I think he's just a weird dude.
3: And he's married to one of the more attractive women on the planet and he's worth uh, he's making forty million bucks a year i mean well, people are just ripping on this guy and it's like i would love to be weird for forty million dollars a year i mean you, you I, i'm weird for
2: less <laughs> a lot less i come on the show every day and do whatever it is that i do i'm
3: not making forty mil i i don't know if we're uh if we're worth that we may not be We aren't. I, I'll,
2: I'll tell you for, for a fact that we are not. We are not worth forty mil.
3: Chase uh, is got a gotcha here. He said the fact that y'all got Wilson wrong proves certain people with enough success can be claimed as both. Fair enough. Who's winning that game tomorrow? Eagles.
2: I think so too. I just. I think the rookiness, the rookiness. of Brock Purdy is going
3: to come into play. For some reason... i got I, eagles Bengals. Me too. Which I think would also be the most entertaining. I think. For sure. For sure. Then we have an Alabama-LSU
2: matchup there. Oh, yeah. For the quarterbacks.
3: Uh, somebody on the text line said that uh, our Alabama hate is showing today. I'd love to know is it? how.
2: Is it showing? Good. Good. I'm glad it shows. I'm glad you picked up on that. Actually, Alabama is like the one school in the conference that I have. I've been there many times. I've never had an issue with a fan. Never had an issue with anything. You know, I've never. I've, I've seen state win there once, but it's like I've just never had a problem. The people there generally are really nice. I like Tuscaloosa. It's a cool town. I don't have. I, I, that's like the one school in the conference, and everybody else is like, oh, I hate Alabama so much. I'm just like, yeah. They're just inevitable. I mean, what can yeah. you do?
3: I'm annoyed by their it's like success. Like hating the sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I, the host makes the trip most of the time when you're going to college towns. I went to Tuscaloosa three times and hated yeah. every every single time. Didn't have a good time once. And I think it was because yeah. of who we were staying with and like what they were into and all that. But I we don't have good memories from from visiting Alabama at all. Really. If uh, yeah. if I'm being honest, my least favorite like road trip to a football game that I have been to, I think would, would have been Tuscaloosa. Oh, okay. Either way, but I, I again, I think it issues. was I think it was the host more than anything else. But it is sports talk Mississippi. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We'll be right back.
0: More sports talk Mississippi now. Now.
3: So a sneaky good basketball slate tomorrow in the SEC. It's the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So we talked about state basketball yesterday a good bit. Hmm? After losing to Alabama, the the conference record, it's the funniest thing. So you are what what your record says you are, sort of, because Mississippi State's record says that's a bad team. But then you watch them play Alabama, and that's not a bad team. The metrics are still in their favor. Now, a lot of w- wins have to just be stacked on top of wins on top of wins to, to play like
0: mm-hmm.
3: NCAA tournament meaningful basketball. A win tomorrow against TCU would take them a long way to getting back on that interesting basketball in terms of making the tournament train.
2: A win tomorrow would be huge because you're talking about state's net, last I looked, was I think at 59 a win tomorrow probably puts them, you know, low 50s, high 40s. I mean, we would really jump them up. So that would be their third quad one win of the season. I mean, that's good. Three quad one wins, is that's good. Um, And then, you know, you, they would have, what, uh, 10 conference games remaining and would be one and seven. I mean, it, it would be really, really tough to see them going uh, seven and three in that, and finishing eight and ten. But eight and ten, where they win over TCU, you're probably in. You're probably in. Um, and obviously, if you could somehow be nine and nine, you're for sure in. So I, I don't think State's going to go eight and ten. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think they can go seven and three in the final ten. So it's going to be ended up being about you know the NIT. But they'll be on the bubble. It, if, especially if they get a win tomorrow, they'll be on the bubble till the very
3: end. So should be a pretty good environment, right? What is it? Three o'clock tip? Yeah, I think so.
2: I think it'll be a good. The crowds have, have, have stuck around. You know, last Saturday with the seven thirty tip was pretty good. Obviously, the Tennessee game, the Alabama game, the Ole Miss game have had good crowds. Um, and and the, you know they're, they're doing the uh, they've got the historical thing going tomorrow with the the fortieth uh, or no, I'm sorry, the 60th, sixty. Gosh, oh my, yeah. I'm getting old. Sixtieth anniversary of the the famous game of change where Mississippi State uh, defied the legislature and, and fled the state to play in the NCAA tournament, uh, that game will be uh, be honored. Those guys will be honored tomorrow at the hump.
3: Oh, really cool. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. I probably should have. But yeah. Speaking yeah. of Mississippi State, uh, somebody that will be there tomorrow, Zach Selman, will join us next. Two segments with, uh, with Brian Haydad and uh, the new athletics director, At Mississippi State. Other games coming up tomorrow, Auburn at West Virginia. Maybe Huggy Bear's going to hang it up after this one, though.
2: Oh,
3: Oh, after this game? No, after after the season.
2: Sorry, not after the game. Well, I mean, he's had a Hall of Fame career. Why not?
3: Alabama at Oklahoma. Iowa State at Missouri. Texas Tech, LSU. The aforementioned TCU at Mississippi State. Here's where it gets fun. After TCU State, Arkansas Baylor. Ranked Baylor team in Waco. Texas at Tennessee. That's good. That's
2: probably the game of the day. Yeah. That's the game of the day, probably.
3: If you like college basketball environments, this one as well. Florida at Kansas State. They've got it rolling up there right now. Kansas State is is, is playing well, yeah. Kansas is at Kentucky. Like I said, sneaky, really good basketball tomorrow.
2: And the old standby. Of the Big
3: Twelve,
2: I'm glad, I'm kind of glad they're moving it to the uh, the ACC, right? They, they they didn't they switch that recently? Did They maybe like next year. I think it's an SEC ACC challenge.
3: That's way better. I think. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because you're getting Texas and Oklahoma in, in this league anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, you'll lose out on Kansas, but you get Kentucky, Duke, or you get uh, Kentucky, North Carolina. Yeah, for yeah. yes, for it's for next season, twenty three. Twenty three, twenty four, the uh, ACC-SEC challenge.
3: Nice. Yeah. I mean, it'll 24. never happen this way. I was about to say you might get to see your teams at Cameron, but they're not putting Ole Miss or State at Cameron Indoor. It'll be like
2: unless something really weird happens yeah. over the next decade. No, like I guess I, I saw North Carolina at in the Humphrey Coliseum in the NIT one time, and it is still. To this day, one of the most surreal things I've ever seen watching those Tar Heel sky blue uniforms play at Mississippi State. I just remember and seeing Roy Williams on yeah. the bench across from Rick Stansberry. I was like, "What am I watching?" It's like it's like a video game.
3: That's really cool. Also, Ole Miss yeah. is at Oklahoma State tomorrow night. But thank you. Yeah. So if you're into that. There, uh, there you go. But coming up next, Zach Selman. We'll talk to Bruce after him as well. So a guest heavy four o'clock hour. Hey, Dad and Zach Selman. We'll talk to Bruce. Get picks for Championship Sunday. Maybe some basketball thrown in there as well. So when you go to the sports book at Timeout Lounge at the Pearl River Resort, Bruce will have some picks for you. I, I got a basketball bet for you. Take the under. Take the under. <laughs> oh man, how how many in a row is that? Oh, I'd have to look, but it, it's like on the season. What are they? They're thirteen. They're twelve
2: and eight on the season. I would, I imagine, seventeen games have been under.
3: Oh man, it's just it's just easy money, easy money. But right now, the new athletics director at Mississippi State will be on your radio when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Zach Selman coming up next.
0: Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you here on a Friday afternoon. Michael Borky there in the studio. This is Brian Adad, of course. And now we're going to be joined for the first time since he uh, arrived here in the state of Mississippi, the new athletic director uh, for Mississippi State. Zach Selman joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Zach, before we talk facilities, vision, anything of that nature, I've been wanting to ask you one question since your first press conference. I have to know why your youngest daughter is called Meatball.
4: (coughs) that's a fair question, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, from an early age, she was always had a little spicy attitude and really sassy. Uh, no neck, really big kind of afro. So uh, we just said, hey, you look kind of like a meatball and it's stuck. And still to this day, every morning I ask her, do you still want me to call you meatball? And she loves it. Her principal calls her meatball. So the origin started when she was uh, just probably seven, eight months old. We could tell she was a little spicy.
2: That's a great nickname, just just <laughs> off the bat. I want to let you know. I give you full credit for that. That's good stuff. So, in, in Oklahoma, the Selmans are are like royalty. That that is the the royal family of Oklahoma football. I don't know if Mississippi State really has a family like that. I would say, obviously, with Ole Miss, you have the Mannings. What is it like growing up in a family like that with that kind of of, of love and attention around your your dad and your uncles? And then how hard was that to walk away from to come to Mississippi State?
4: Well, you know, growing up in, in our family, you never really thought anything was, was special or out of the ordinary. You just knew that we had some great role models, um, great men in our family, um, and not just the ones that played football, but there was three older uh, brothers as well that were all great role models to us and great women. So we never saw it as, hey, they're great football players, all that. And I think – probably later on in my life I started to realize really how special what they did was um, as football players and a lot of it's just by circumstance and and you know my dad and my uncle Leroy are 11 months apart but they were raised as twins and have another brother Lucius that's only a couple years older so just by circumstance they could all play and it's really hard to do to be able to have three brothers that you know make up a defensive line in a three-5 defense uh, so I realized how special it is um, and but really thankful for their, Uh, I guess example they always showed us, but one of the things they always taught us too was uh, you can use the game of sport. You can use the vehicle of of, uh, intercollegiate sports to do a lot of great things. I mean, my uncle Leroy went and was the AD at the university of South Florida. And I remember spending a lot of time with him when they were starting the football program there. Uh, Shoot. Their, their uh, offices were trailers and just kind of getting it started with coach Levitt and just realized that really opened my eyes that, again, doesn't matter the place. It just matters that you have the ingredients uh, around you where you have you know higher education and sport and a pivotal time in young people's lives. So that's kind of uh, why I loved Mississippi State. And at first, it was uh, my first conversation with Dr. Keenum to tell how he was a man of integrity and how genuine he was, uh, one of the most passionate fan bases I've ever been around. I'm mean, clearly, you know, being able to compete at the highest level. And I love the fact we have a great challenge in getting to compete in the SEC.
2: You left a school in Oklahoma that, you know, we could easily say is the top dog in the Big 12 Conference and a school where, you know, there's so much history and tradition. And then you come to Mississippi State, a school that you know has to kind of scrap for everything it gets in in, in the SEC, and has done a fan, a fantastic job through the years of punching above its weight. What was your first impression of Mississippi State from a facility standpoint when you arrived on campus? Were you pleasantly surprised?
4: Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think the bones of our facilities are really good. You know, I've worked at. Um, a handful of institutions and, and played at a Wake Forest where I, I've seen where the, uh, some other kind of a wide range of facilities. But stepping uh, on campus here really was was pleasantly surprised of, of the bones and the vision that uh, many people before I got here have had. And so I think we'll be in a very good uh, setup and be in a very good position for where we need to go with the facilities and understanding that just the changing landscape of how we operate uh, we know we we'll have to be flexible and be nimble, but I think we're in a really good spot for right now. With some, I already had a meeting this week about where we're at with our facilities and master plan. I'm really excited about again where we're at now, but no, we we got some bold plans for the future that we'll have to just uh, make sure we we take our right steps and get those done.
2: You use that word vision, and I feel like when people interview athletic directors, especially you know first few months on the job, that word gets thrown out there a lot, and people want to talk about. You know, five years down the road, ten years down the road. What's something that you'd like to have done short-term, something that you think Mississippi State can accomplish in the first year of your tenure as athletic director?
4: Yeah, my main focus right now is to get to know uh, our people and get to know our student-athletes. So I look at it as year one, a big goal of mine is just to, to bring our department, bring our programs more connected. I think if we've all learned anything in life, and specifically after COVID is we all long for connection and, and uh, being part of something that's bigger than ourselves, and we have that here. And so for me to get connected with people, I first got to know their names, know their stories, hear where they're coming from. So that's going to be probably my number one goal over the first year. If you can sit here and what is it today, the January 27th of 2024, if you can ask me, hey, is the department, is the program, is everybody more connected? And and we could say yes, then I would be very happy and, and feel good about the progress we've made.
2: People who listen to this show or people who listen to to the Thunder and Lightning podcast, one of the things I talked about during the search for an athletic director was I would have gone outside the Mississippi State family. I would have brought in someone. I think the quote I used was the first time they come to Mississippi State is for the interview. They had never been here before. And you really fit the bill for that for me. When you talk to Dr. Keenum as part of the interview process, did he discuss you know new ideas and new blood at Mississippi State being something he was attracted to?
4: Yeah, we didn't go into that level of, of probably detail about what specific ideas or whatnot. It was very much so like uh, how we see leadership, how we see um, organization, how we see our core values. Um, so we clearly we, we talked about some things I think were are critical for the success of a department and critical for the success of an institution. Uh, but I, I think there was both a, a mutuality that we, we knew that we want to achieve um, – success at the highest level, and I think that means a lot of different things depending on what what lens you're looking through. So not just athletic success, but academic success and uh, success off the field, success and and just being a better person, being better in the community. So we spent a lot of times on that and how we programmatically, how you can build an athletics department and morph into something that can do great things um, just like our entire institution is.
2: You were a student-athlete yourself, played college football at Wake Forest, as you mentioned earlier. What perspective does that give you as an athletic director now? What's something you take from your playing days and bring to your days as an administrator?
4: Yeah, I think about it every day. And day. You know, first, you mentioned earlier, as a, as a student-athlete, I remember I think my junior year we were picked towards the bottom of the ACC. And I remember that feeling of, hey, every outside world, nobody thinks we can – we can play at this level or compete against uh, the quote-unquote titans of the ACC at the time. And we were able to win the ACC championship. So I think that taught me that, that's the beauty of sport. That's the beauty why we play the games. Anybody can win on any given day. Uh, so a lot of it I, I look at as look, we're, we're always going to have uh, a windshield mentality of that the best is going to come for us, that we have hope, that we have uh, belief in each other, that if we work hard and work together, And I think that's one of the things that Wake really taught me was you you can't out or you can't cheat hard work. Like you got to show up every day. You got to have a great set of standards and you got to do little things and and get masterful at doing the little things right. And and then the outcomes will take care of itself. So that's something that I think about every day. Uh, it's just there's never, I think a moment of complacency. There's never a moment of we've arrived. It's every day. How can we use the talents? and the gifts that we've been given to get a little bit better. And most importantly, not just us personally getting better, but helping others around us get better. And I think that's where really magic happens. And as I as I continue to reflect on my time as a student athlete, I know that's what happened for us uh, my junior year there when we were able to again start at the bottom and then go to the Orange Bowl. and Unfortunately, we lost the Orange Bowl, but we had a heck of a time uh, winning the ACC championship.
2: In we got about about ninety seconds before the uh, the commercial here, and then we'll come back for the for the next segment. But normally, you know, an athletic director we think the first thing is coaching, hiring, and firing. That may be your, maybe your most important role. You have three first year coaches, and then you have a national championship baseball coach from just a couple of years ago. How important is it to have that kind of stability for you to implement your vision, knowing I don't have to worry about hiring and firing? Like I said, we got about sixty seconds
4: left. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it starts with, I think, relationships. It Doesn't matter partnerships with with each head coach, and you know, recently coming from Oklahoma, we had a handful of uh, coaching transitions, whether it's in football or both basketball. So, I think uh, as a as a first year, second year head coach, uh, you always got to look at building the foundation of the program, the non negotiables. Uh, my dad had a construction company, and I, I learned early on that. You know, If you don't get the foundation right, you're not going to get anything right. So I think for all of our coaches, specifically our new ones, that's one of the things we're really going to work together on is how do we lay a great foundation. And clearly for Coach Limones, how do we continue, you know, been at programs where winning is great and you get to the top, but staying at the top is, is the hardest thing to do and make it sustainable. So I think my job is to continue to help remove as many obstacles as we can and how we can continue to bring people together and, again, achieve at the highest levels because Coach Lamonis and others know know we can get there.
0: You're number one for Sports Talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports Talk Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs)
2: I don't know if Borky meant to go Led Zeppelin all day today. I'll we'll have all to ask day. him when we come back. But it, oh, it's it's working for me, Michael. Very good. Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad Michael Borky here with you on a Friday. Richard Cross is just off today, which is fantastic news because nobody wanted to talk to him anyway. Least of all, our guest here on the Farm Bureau guest line, Zach Selman, the Mississippi State Athletic Director, Zach, I saw last night that you were in Oxford for Mississippi State's women's game against Ole Miss in the Pavilion. I saw a picture of you talking with Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter. Was he terribly upset that he is no longer the tallest athletic director in the conference?
4: (laughs) That's a great question. We talked about a lot of things, and Keith's been a great friend for a long time. uh, But we didn't talk about that. Uh, But that's a great question. I'll see him in New Orleans next week, so I'll have to bring that up to him
2: make sure you tell him that I said it, too. Make sure that he knows that came from me, and, and, and I, I would appreciate that. Well, if I'll you can, as much as as, yeah, as much as 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 yeah, much you can, and I don't want to go too far down the, the private conversation route, but what did you guys talk about there?
4: No, it was just catching up. You know, I haven't seen him in person in, in some time. So just talk to him about the arena, and I haven't stepped foot in that arena before. I've been on uh, campus there a handful of times, but just – Talk a little bit about their project and uh, also talked about some things that we look forward to doing next week. We have uh, SECAD meetings in New Orleans, uh, I think, Monday of next week. So just a quick catch-up. But, uh, yeah, Keith's been a great friend and really appreciate the partnerships that we'll have uh, with both both institutions.
2: Among the fraternity of SEC athletic directors, who else do you have some, some prior connections or, or previous relationships with?
4: Yeah, I've got quite a few. Um, you know, clearly uh, Josh Brooks has, has been a great colleague and a great friend, and have known Greg and, and also know Scott very well. Uh, and clearly uh, the two the two new ads that are coming into the league and Joe Stiglione and Chris Del Conte have worked with closely and, and know them both very well. So uh, Ross Bjork has been a uh, somebody that my old uh, boss at Oklahoma, Joe Stiglione, has mentored over the years, so know Ross uh, very well. So that's one of the things that you know really felt. Uh, good or added bonus to this position at Mississippi State is just my familiarity and friendships with so many of the ADs in this league already.
2: You kind of uh, broached the topic there of Oklahoma and Texas entering in, into the SEC. Let's, let's start with the Oklahoma side of that, because you would have been there when those discussions were going on. How did that come into being? What were what were the driving factors? Obviously, money's one of them, but to, for Oklahoma and Texas to want to leave the Big 12 for the SEC?
4: Yeah, I think one of the things that you uh, mentioned earlier, a word, is just stability. And I think that's something that that we all look for for our institutions, is stability long-term. And I know there's no guarantees or nothing that's definitive, but you always look for what's the most uh, stable place to be for our institution, um, for our students, for our student-athletes, for our alums. And, And I think both Oklahoma and Texas saw that, uh, the SEC was was the most stable place and the place that uh, they aligned with and made a lot of sense for them both competitively, um, financially, educationally. But it's been a really good process for me. I've been on part of on um, uh, prior to coming to Mississippi State, uh, part of our SEC transition pl- uh, planning team, so learned a lot about um, kind of peeling back the onion, if you will, of the of the nuts and bolts of our league. And so coming here really helped give me the confidence and also helped uh, with a lot of perspective that I wouldn't have had if we hadn't been studying so in-depth over the last 18 months.
2: Do you have a preference? Because you know, I don't know when they're going to be here, 2024, 2025, but the football schedules are going to change dramatically for the SEC when that happens. As Mississippi State's athletic director now, do you have a preference for how you'd like those schedules to look?
4: No, I think uh, just uh, from a high level, uh, I think we all want balance in our schedule uh you know we clearly we know the the quality of teams uh week in and week out in our league so i think balance uh you know i'm a i love i love college sports cause i love the rivalry so i want to make sure that we uh continue to make sure we preserve the great rivalries and also make sure we give our, our student athletes and their parents enough opportunities to get and watch their kids play uh so th- those are some of the kind of the guiding principles and i know with uh a path to an expanded playoff. I want to make sure that we continue to put all of our teams in positions, and the SEC has been dominant clearly in the national championship game. Uh, But love love a path where uh, more SEC teams can get into a, a playoff setting and then see what happens from there.
2: When we look at your resume at Oklahoma, the two things that stood out that, that you were a champion for were fundraising and fan engagement. And I, you have to feel those two things are very, very closely linked together. As fans feel more engaged by their university, the more likely they are to donate to that university. You know, what are the keys of that for you? How do you engage fans and then turn them into, you know, fundraising, uh, the fundraising arm of the university?
4: Yeah, I think just it takes time. It takes time, and it takes time to get to know people, and that's one of the things that it's kind of like drinking through a firing hose or fire hose all week of you know not only uh, figuring out which I you know, have to GPS just where to find a different building on campus or where I'm staying, uh, and then get to learn people within the department and learn coaches and student athletes. Uh, and then clearly, with with fans and donors, it, it takes time, and that's one of the things that I, I'm uh, excited about here is just be able to make a lot more personal relationships. You know, what we do is in fundraising or fan engagement isn't rocket science, but it is a lot of it is listening and figuring out what is it. Um, I think each institution is different, but what is it that the fans want to do here? What, How do they like to engage? What do they like to do? How do they like to view the sports? Uh, and on the fundraising side, just learning about what opportunities we have. You know, I think every fundraising operation is a little different whether it's a, how we approach our scholarships here, how how we can partner with the institution on fundraising campaigns. There's been a lot of us listening and learning uh, that I'll have to continue to do. But I know both fan engagement and fundraising, the approach I've always taken is, one, treat people right and build uh, deep and authentic relationships. And the people that I've met uh, this week just being on campus have been fantastic, whether it's here or in Tuscaloosa. We had a great group of uh, people there on Wednesday night, I believe it was, and uh, met some new people in Oxford, uh, and clearly, you know, you see great donors. And unfortunately, just got back from Tupelo. Uh, one of our great donors passed away, Hassel Franklin. And you're in a room with uh, people that genuinely love and care Mississippi State. And that's one of the things that, again, it excites me the most is how important, how passionate uh, our stakeholders are, because there, there truly is a lot of special things going on on campus right now.
2: And of course, speaking of fundraising these days, it's not just about what the university is doing, but it's about NIL. You talked about NIL in your opening press conference. As an athletic director, what beyond talking about it, what can you do for NIL at your university?
4: Yeah, I think it's just to educate people that it's, uh, it's here and NIL is something that we all have to embrace. We all have to figure out what's the right thing for Mississippi State. What's the best way for our student athletes to max- maximize off their NIL? Um, So I think, again, it's something that's new. It's something that's a change. You know, I never thought probably 10 years ago this is what NIL would look like, but this is what it is. And then kind of more forward thinking, um, I know it's very easy to complain or criticize where we're at. So I think it's on our jobs um, as leaders of a conference and clearly the SEC leading uh, nationally. What can we do working with our partnerships to make sure that we – get better with some of the operations that go along with it right now. But I think for the short term, it's how can we embrace it? And it takes everybody. And truly, it's it's too too important uh, for the su- success of our coaches um, not to. So I think that's kind of my, my clear message of, look, whatever we can do, uh, let's support NIL, let's support what we're doing for our kids.
2: At Oklahoma, you know, they had a fantastic baseball season last year. We're just a few days away from here from first pitch. Uh, finished number two in the nation, national runner up. I don't remember who they lost to in the College World Series, and that's not important. But now hey, you're Mississippi State. To
4: erase my memory too.
2: You and me both, Zach. You and me both. Uh, now you're at Mississippi State, where college baseball is a huge thing. Did you consider that that now in the NCAA you are one of the two or three biggest advocates of college baseball in the entire organization?
4: Yeah, I mean, take that as a great responsibility and a great opportunity. You know, I'm actually staying in one of the lofts right now, and it's incredible. I remember calling and FaceTiming my wife right as I got here. Uh, it was late uh, Sunday night, and, and you can hear it, you can uh, read about it, but until you experience it, and I still haven't experienced it, my first game, but have met with Coach Lamonis this week and just saw him again this morning. So I take it with great responsibility, great pride to make sure that uh, we do everything we can to not only uh, preserve what we're doing here, but continue to preserve and advance the entire game of baseball.
2: Zach, one thing that I know for sure with you, being coming from Oklahoma, is you know, whenever State hires new people, I always have the, man, the food down here is so great. You're at least going to be used to the, the southern way of eating. So, I, don't, I do not expect you to be like you know, some former hires and put on 30, 40 pounds in the first six months here. Is that going to be, a, that shouldn't be an issue for you, should it?
4: No, I hope not. I hope not, but I, I do kind of like <laughs> my clothes a little bit like you're, you're going to Thanksgiving. Have a little stretch.
2: <laughs> Zach, you're a man after my own heart. I appreciate this very much. Zach Selman, Mississippi State Athletic Director, thank you so much for all the time today. Looking forward to talking to you again very soon in the future.
4: Brian, thanks, man. Hell yeah. state.
2: That's Zach Sullivan, Mississippi State Athletic Director on the uh, Farm Bureau Guest Line. We appreciate him coming on. And when we come back, we're going right back to the Guest Line because we're talking to Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. He's got winners for you guys for the uh, NFL Conference Championship weekend. We'll be back right after this.
0: Started today. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Really appreciate Zach Selman coming on the show. He was great. Unsurprisingly so, but he was great. But we have to go right back to the Farm Bureau guest on Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Bruce Marshall, the Goldsheet, Goldsheet.com joining us right now. You got conference championships on Sunday and also basketball this weekend. A sneaky, good slate of basketball here uh, in SEC country, Bruce. But let's start with football. First of all, we appreciate your time. And second, for some reason, the two of us today are riding the Eagles. Like last week, we were kind of high on the Eagles, and here we are again uh, doing the same. We had KJ Wright on the show yesterday, and he said that Brock Purdy's rookiness is going to be the difference in a bad way for him in this game. So when you look at the NFC Championship, what uh, was your deciding factor uh, for how you made your pick?
1: Well, you might be right, and you were right last week on the Eagles, and I was wrong, because I thought the Giants had played them tough, so... uh... I get these things wrong sometimes too, uh, and you were right last week. That could again be the case here. Um, my, my thought in this game that the team that can better establish the run is going to have an advantage here, and I and I think the, the Eagles in particular are not going to be able to do what they did to the Giants last week when they look like Tom Osborne's Nebraska. And when when you can do that, everything opens up. It made things. It was the perfect scenario for. Jalen Hurts, who's still not 100% with the shoulder. But uh, that made things easier for him, and they just physically beat up uh, the Giants. They are not going to do that here, I don't think. So the key is, what is San Francisco going to do? It took them a while to do enough to get by Dallas, which really challenged them last week. But Dallas challenged the Eagles this year, too, so they do have some real defense there. My thought is the random element is sort of Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy. And he's sort of the X factor that there's not another weapon like him almost in the league. And the Niners have been a different team since he's been there. I mean, they have won 12 in a row. As for Purdy, I understand some of the concern uh, for him. Uh, and he's gotten away with a couple of things that could have been mistakes the last few weeks. But, and I'd point out, him for someone this age as he is, and he's had almost a half season of NFL starts now. But, I mean, he's played more quarterback and started more games. If you go back to college, he's a four-year college starter, uh, and it's it's not the NFL, the Big 12. But, he know. I mean, he's a quarterback. He knows how to be a quarterback. He knows how to play football. Um, he's poised. Kyle Shanahan said he's the most poised, not just rookies, he's one of the most poised players ever. You can tell what they're doing with him. They're able to they open up the whole playbook. He's not afraid. I'm more impressed than the, the pay, plays he makes, where he throws incompletions and stops the clock, wheels out of traffic, and, and gets the ball away safely when the plays break down. Um, and down the stretch, that drive of the field goal last week really was something. I thought late that was the most impressive drive of the game. About eight minutes, and they created these short passing alleys for him to hit McCaffrey out of the when they line McCaffrey out wider, or Euk or Kittle. They got a lot of ways they can beat you. Now he's on the road this week. Most of his stuff has been at home. Uh but I don't think he's gonna be a negative. I think they're big play people, I think their defense is going to make the difference. So I we had it twenty three twenty Niners, but it's tough. The edges are very small here. You might be right like in the Eagles. So uh you certainly were right last week.
3: So twenty three twenty, you also like the under here.
1: A little bit, yeah. A little bit to the under. You got 46, I think, is a little high. Although, on I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they were, uh, you know, both sort of trended over a little bit more. Uh, last week's games all went under after the first week was in, uh playoff weekend was an over weekend. So, except for dallas Tampa Bay, which barely stayed under. But uh, last week definitely saw some unders pop up in the division round.
3: In the other game, it certainly looks like Kansas City's trying to convince everybody that Patrick Mahomes is 100% with the not wearing anything on his ankles in a press conference and he threw three passes in the media viewing period today and everything looked on the up and up, but uh, do you see it that way? Are you concerned about the injury and tiny line, tiny margin for error, Joe Burrow undefeated in road playoff games? What's up here?
1: Yeah, Joe. I mean, Burrow is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's Joe Montana forty years later. I think. I mean, he is—that's who I see with him. Let's not forget, he won a, uh, a college football national title for a team coached by Ed Orgeron. Now he's going to be the only quarterback in history who's ever going to be able to say that. So he is something special. As for Mahomes, um, I'm, I'm, I laugh a little bit with the stuff the Chiefs are doing. If he can sit and throw, fine. Um, he what his strength is and what makes him otherworldly is making is off-script, making plays on the move, making plays running. I mean, just standing there showing he can throw it. I want to see him move, and that's what makes him special. He's, he's, he's a very good quarterback, and he can win a game like last week in the pocket. And I don't want Noah Jacksonville to throw more pressure at him in the second half because he wasn't moving. Um, but when he's not moving – He's not the same. And, oh, by the way, the last three times since last January he's played these guys when he's been healthy, Kansas City has lost. The better team is Cincinnati. I think they are totally confident. I think they've got the Chiefs intimidated a bit. Um, That defense knows how to play Mahomes when he's healthy. Uh, They're going to cause problems. Casey might be able to run a little bit better this year. Pacheco and McKinnon, I think, give him a chance to maybe uh, do a little bit of business on the ground, Maybe. But Mahomes is not going to be 100%. And if he's not 100%, they're not the same team. And when they he was 100%, they couldn't beat these guys anyway. Since he's 24-17, I think they're going back to the soup. And uh, it's Joe Burrow, something special, man. I think he is, the, like I said, the modern-day Joe Montana.
3: High praise, but, I mean, everything that he has done to this point tells you that uh, it's deserved. Bruce, before we uh, switch over to basketball for a couple picks there, tell the people where they can get your stuff.
1: Thanks, Michael. Check us out on goldsheet.com. dot com. We got the write-ups on these games for this week, though. He just kind of told you what <laughs> what we thought on the basket on the football. The Super Bowl should be up what two weeks from that, and then uh, every day though we got this gold sheet basketball. Now that's a good read. College games got some good games this weekend too. GoldSheet dot com. My picks are up there, also at Vegas
3: Insider and DonBest.com. dot com. So we've got some pretty interesting basketball coming to SEC country tomorrow. Uh, but let's start with one in Starkville, a local example. So. TCU at Mississippi State. Uh, What do you see happening here in this game? State's been struggling record-wise, but if you watch the team actually play, they looked especially good the last time out. Weird to say in a loss, but still, feels like they've got a shot here. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah. If they play like they did against Alabama, and actually, I thought they played well against Tennessee last week too, Um, and they were in that game until you know late. but you know they, they've slowed the pace to us to to an extent that I my first uh, default recommendation with the uh, with Mississippi State is under. It's, it, it, Coach Gans is doing a little bit different than Howland did. The offense really came when he guys like Molinar the last few years. It really came from the perimeter. Um, and this year, I mean, he's been trying to go inside. I mean, they pulled Tolu Smith out of the you know the game on the weekend against Florida. Um and they they try to go inside a little bit more. They're not getting quite that production from the perimeter. That's going to make it tough for Mississippi State to beat a really good team. No, I mean, they did. They beat a couple. They beat Marquette, I know, back in pre-league. Um, but right now it's kind of going the wrong way. I think TCU probably wins this some close, but I might look at under first. I haven't seen a total yet.
3: I should probably take a look at those. Uh,
1: but uh, under is my first call about Mississippi State because they have, they have definitely been trending under for the last uh, month.
3: Under is Heydets uh, favorite play for, for Mississippi State. It has been a stone cold lock lately or over the last few weeks. Is there a game on the board that you love tomorrow? Maybe one that's not like on our radar or our audience's radar, but when they go uh, to their sports book, there's one that you really really like.
1: Yeah, there's a couple. By the way, yeah, fifteen and five to the under for Mississippi State this season. So yeah, that's definitely wow. been the way to look. Uh, there's one SEC Big Twelve game I, I'd look at, uh, but there's another in the Big East tomorrow. Uh, Seton Hall, I think, uh, will get Butler. Butler is really having trouble right now. And Seton no, Hall, that there's a clear, I mean, there's there's class categories in the in the Big East. There's the top class with Marquette and Providence, Xavier, UConn, and the middle class with Seton Hall and the Saint John's, and the bottom three it's Georgetown, DePaul, and uh, uh, and Butler. And uh, Seton Hall's beaten these three bottom teams pretty handily thus far. Beat beat Butler by 25 at home. Last couple of weeks. Shaheen Holloway's got them playing pretty well, and Butler's really struggling. Last eight losses, all by 16 or more. I'm going to take Seaton is going to be close to pick them tomorrow there. And the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the one game that I'm most interested in is most of these teams are going to be in the dance. And, you know, Mississippi State right now is on the wrong side of the cut line, way the wrong side. That would help them tomorrow. But the team that could really help itself the most is Florida, uh, playing Kansas State. Um, this is a big week coming up for Florida. Kansas State, top five team, Tennessee, top five team, then Kentucky. If they can win two of these next three games, they put themselves into the – they move out of the bubble, Then I think. And you're starting to see some of the transfers um, that they brought in, like Kyle Lofton, St. Bonaventure, start to make a little bit more of a difference. And uh, that, is, that is really good for Florida. Now, the storyline here, though, is Keontae Johnson – is starring for Kansas State this year, and it's a really good story because he had the health scare with Florida a couple of years ago uh, and uh, really hasn't played much since. But this year he's scoring almost 20 per game, and Jerome Tang has done a great job at K-State, new coach up from Baylor. This is a really good game tomorrow. And Florida, by the way, has been going under. They didn't the other night against South Carolina, but 10-2 uh, and two to the end of the last 12. So they keep this game in the 60s. Uh, I think Florida's got a shot. And this is the team I think that can benefit the most from the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Because most of these others, we know they're going to be in the tournament. You know, Oklahoma might be in that same boat, but I think they're going to have trouble in the Big 12 the rest of the way. Florida's got a shot to get in the dance if they can win this game uh, tomorrow. And I think it's a really big chance for the Gators.
0: More Sports Talk Mississippi. It's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Boomble says, "This guy's depth of knowledge is absolutely insane." Yeah, Bruce. When you, it really is. I used to have access to the gold sheet when I had a little bit of extra money. I don't anymore, so I don't have access to the gold sheet. Now you have a kid. The the depth uh, for I mean, it's every single every game, all of them. They have why they pick and the reason why. Every single game. It's not just somebody like, eh. I like Tennessee. Check. It's like no. Here are, and of course they have you know the database with all the historical trends. Like he said, state goes under right you know, fifteen times this season. So th- that helps. But every single game, all of them, they've uh, they've got it there. It's impressive. Um, and and Bruce is the best. And. Shout out to uh, Bruce for shouting me out for getting the Eagles pick right last week. I was proud of that one.
2: That was pretty cool. He, 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 game recognizes game. Yeah, I keep saying it.
3: So your official pick, Eagles Bengals, right? Yes, mine too. Yeah, I think I think I think higher
2: scoring though in the Chiefs uh, Bengals game than he he had. I think it's going to be back and forth between these two offenses.
3: We can only hope so, right? Because this past weekend, honestly, yeah, I mean, there were game. narratives and stuff, Duds. but the games weren't weren't great. Duds ratings yeah. were great. And that was though. you know the week before we had great games. Yeah. So gotta embrace it. Will you watch every snap?
2: I'll have them on. I don't know how locked in, locked in, locked in I am, but they'll be, I'll be
3: watching the games for sure.
2: We did get a message. No, yesterday. I will be more locked in Saturday night to the Royal
3: Rumble. I, I hear you. Yeah, having a party and everything for that. But yeah. we did get a message. I don't know if it's fixed or not yet, but yes, unfortunately, our North Mississippi station is uh, has been down. Uh, the smart people are on it. They may have already been on it and fixed it. But if you missed the interview with Zach Selman, because that's what the message was, is uh, that station is down and, and they missed the interview, it will be posted online. Uh, our post show podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts
2: within moments.
3: Yeah, right after of the show. show ending. Uh and so you know some days and you you know we do something good when I've got people if so, cuz it's automated. It uploads automatically. Uh when I've got people that send me messages like hey, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? Where is it? What did you do to it? It's like nothing. It's an automated system. It was down today. But yeah, it's uploaded automatically after the show. Sports Talk Mississippi, wherever you get your podcasts. I would recommend Spotify, but you've got a podcast app on your phone. I promise you. Your C Spire phone comes with a podcast app. You don't have to download a thing. Pull it up. Search Looks Sports good. Talk Mississippi. Hit subscribe. And this subscribe. show will be there every day.
2: And leave, a, leave us a five-star review. Yes. Now look, I'll make the same deal on this show that I make with Thunder and Lightning. I don't care what you say in the review. Call Borky a jerk. Call Cross a homer. Call me a fat loser. I don't care. As long as it's five stars. You say whatever you want in that paragraph. Constructive criticism or just plain old meanness. Don't care.
3: Five stars. Five stars.
2: That's the price. That's, that's That's the admission price. You can say whatever you want about me for
3: five stars. And really tee off on Richard. You know, he's not even here. R- remind him that... That guy doesn't even go here. It's a four-day-a-week guy. Isn't that what Howard Stern does now from his basement or whatever? He's like two days a week and he's no, still Richard, got a $100 million dollar contract. no Howard
2: Stern. No Howard Stern, <laughs> Richard.
3: He's not even the king of all media on this show. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't even know how to post something on our website or on our social media accounts or on YouTube, okay? Like, he... <laughs> worthless. I honestly think like if
2: if our lives depended on Richard retweeting something, we'd just die. Eh, it would be. It, it was just
3: what happened. I, I couldn't I didn't get around to it. So tell me tell my family I love them because getting Richard to yeah. upload something to our YouTube channel, uh just might as well send him one of those four <laughs> dummies books, you know. <laughs> it's about the best we just, got, you know. Yeah, the high in Kansas City so on the text line it. is going to be look twenty-three. Look good, not doing yeah. it though, I guess. Yeah, with the pockets clear and all that. Twenty-three. Does that affect yeah. the game? Question on the text line.
2: Well, I mean, it's twenty-three, but it's not. It's not supposed to snow, right? Zero
3: percent chance of precipitation.
2: Then, no, it's just cold. It's just cold. Yeah, ball hurt when you hits you in the hands. That's about it.
3: Yeah, they're used to this. I mean, yeah, these are cold weather teams, cold weather cities. They have practiced in it all week. It, Maybe maybe the cold like makes it a little bit tougher on Mahomes' ankle, but no, since there's no precipitation of any kind, it's just going to be a cold football game. So, yeah, I think it, I think it won't, won't shouldn't. It? Anyway, we got recruiting drama, or maybe not, or maybe, or we don't know, and that's kind of the point. So we're going to talk about that next. Is a Mississippi State player actually going to go to where he's committed? Is he going to go to Ole Miss? Is he going to go to South Carolina? Is he just going to stick around? It's January 27th, and we don't know the answer to those questions. So we're going to talk about it as much as we can anyway. And I kind of have an old man yells at cloud take about this whole thing. So we'll get to that for the college football fix when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
0: It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
3: hours i'm michael borky he's brian Hayda. five o'clock on a friday your work week is over welcome to the weekend good weekend coming up basketball good slate tomorrow nfl games on sunday the championship sunday afc nfc championship weather's supposed to be clear patrick Mahomes is playing obviously joe burrow's playing jalen hurts brock purdy with the Super Bowl on the line. But we're going to talk about college football here as we do every day. It's a College Football Fix. Some recruiting drama, I guess, for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Richard Cross, wherever he is, is driving his F 150. It's the best selling truck in America, has been for almost five decades. He'll brag on it. I'll brag on it. I've been inside. An F-150, and I love it. So spend your time this weekend when you're not watching sports, test driving, an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, I have been asked a bunch, and if I've been asked a bunch, that means you've been asked a bunch more, about Dylan Johnson. It is January 27th, Friday. The drop ad date for most schools is, like, basically now... And I guess there can be some happen, as Houston Nutt used to say, into next week if it really needs to be done. But <laughs> what, what's the deal here? What, where's he? Where's he going? Where is he? What is he? What is what, what is this?
2: Man, I wish I knew. Um, this, this has been a, a, a lot of drawn out uh, drama. Uh, going, I mean, the drama started with his announcement going into the transfer portal. Uh, that is something I will not ever forget. Was reading that live and coming to the part where he, you know, used Mike Leach's uh, words in the, and you know, just just not a great way to exit. No, uh, on, on both sides. We talked about that. You know, the, I thought Leach was in the wrong. I thought Dylan Johnson was in the wrong. Dylan Johnson has since deleted that tweet, um, which did not take him out of the portal just because you delete a tweet. Um, and so now you know, I know that he's visited Ole Miss. He is still currently committed to Washington. I believe he has visited South Carolina. He was on Mississippi State's campus last weekend. It's, it, it's kind of hard to describe this, but as a visitor, you know, this is a guy who played for Mississippi State last year, but he was a visitor last weekend. As the coaches continue to try to recruit him back to Starkville, um, I think it's probably going to end up between State and Ole Miss. I, I just think with Dylan, especially having a young child. Uh, Washington is just too far. It's just too far away. Plus, if you're, if you're Dylan Johnson and, and the, 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 crux of, of your wanting to leave Mississippi State was, I want to, the running game to be a bigger part of the offense. Why would you go to Washington? They return the nation's leading passer, Michael Penix, and a couple of their leading receivers. They're a pass first football team. But then the same question sort of asks you the same question about Ole Miss. They run the football a lot. And I know Zach Evans put up a ton of numbers last year, but for Ole Miss, Quenchon Judkins is going to be the guy. A lot of Zach Evans' carries were before Ole Miss really knew, I think, what they had in Judkins. And once they did know, and then you combine that with Zach Evans battling some injuries, Judkins was the guy. The second thing with Ole Miss is this, and I'm talking about more from an Ole Miss perspective. Ole Miss has already dealt out a ton of money to Quenchon Judkins this year in NIL. Yeah. I assume a ton of money has gone to Spencer Sanders and to Walker Howard. In fact, if what I was told was correct for Walker Howard, it's a lot of money. And also how much Jackson more are you Dar- going to spend, Dar- also yeah, and him, Jackson Dart? Yeah, how much more are you going to spend now to get a backup running back? I understand. Look, I think we all know that Ole Miss likes to make a splash every year and try to take somebody, flip somebody from Mississippi State. It's, it's it's been happening for years, and at this point, I just kind of live with it. But is this is this the the best use of of the funds to get a guy who might carry the ball ten to twelve times a game? You know, good running back. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll be successful in the old Miss system if he decides to go there. It just seems like to, it, it, it feels more like a PR move than it does a football related move. So, any
3: indication it, of what this, the asking price is?
2: Any idea? No, but I mean. I mean, I would imagine it's 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 low six figures, don't you think? I mean, if I said 100K, doesn't that make sense, you know? So, I mean, he's a good running back. Yeah. I think he could be useful, can catch the football, tough, good blocker. But you're number two. You know, Jenkins is worth every cent they pay. That guy is the offense. He's what makes that, that offense go. I don't know how much you really should be willing to invest when – You could just go out. I mean, I I don't know who Ole Miss recruited off the top of my head, but I have to assume there's a high school kid that that can at least do the same things. So we'll see how it all pans out. I mean, if you made me flip a coin or you made me make a a guess, I feel like if he was going to be back at state, he'd just be back at state, right? He would just say, the heck with this. And maybe there's some ego involved. Maybe there's some pride that has to be swallowed. It's got to be tough. You know, you you, you said you were going to walk away, and now you're going to come back. But... Zavion Thomas did it, and Tulu Griffin did it, and I'm sure they're there to, to talk to him and, and, and guide him through this process. Um, So we'll see. It, it's, definitely, it's, still, it's still definitely, even as we speak, very much up in the air. I, I just feel like if he was going to be back at state, he would already be back at state.
3: Yeah, you think that would be. And then same thing with Washington, too, right? If he was actually going to Washington, wouldn't he be there by now? I don't know. Maybe they're on like a right, different class right. schedule where it's not as demanding, but don't you want to get there? Well, you, you would at there? least
2: just be in Seattle and training and, and getting to know your new teammates and stuff, you would think. So, okay. yeah, I, I do think that.
3: So here's my old man yells at cloud take. Okay. People have, have compared college sports to professional sports. And I've said something like this before, but I'm going to use this example to be more specific. It, NIL in the transfer portal is not like professional sports. It's worse because in the NFL, they have guidelines. The free agency period starts here, trade deadline is here, and it is very specific. You can sign players that yeah. aren't on any team whenever you want, but the draft is here, practice time is here, injury designations mm-hmm. are this, everything is the salary cap is this. You cannot go over. Everything is cut, clear, cut, and concise, and structured, and balanced. I think the the transfer portal has its benefits that I've argued for years. But in this case, when the portal closes, they need to add another thing. Because I don't feel bad for Elaine Kiffin. I don't feel bad for Zach Arnett. I don't feel bad for Shane Beamer. They're making, what is it, $20 million a year combined? Something like that.
2: Yeah, I didn't mention South Carolina. Geez. Yeah, uh,
3: so uh, I, I don't feel bad for those guys at all, but you do have to come to a point where join a team or don't play football. There has to be a date instead of the portal's going to close, but you can just keep your name in forever. A decision has to be made by then. Or you can return to your school, or you're don't. you you're just a regular student this spring, and then you can go back in in the portal in May but but allowing players to keep multiple schools in limbo and it's just I'll show when I show you have spring practice in a few weeks it's 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 holding it teams be, hostage and that shouldn't be allowed to happen
2: what it, is the 18th is the last day to go in right something like that I mean I feel like cuz when when does it start it starts in the middle of December or like the first week of December cuz I, I think I feel like Ra Ra Thomas was in pretty quickly. Maybe before the SEC. It's like December fifth, I think. Okay, I mean that is forty five days. I feel like that's enough time to get your stuff in yeah. order. It should be so when the portal closes. It, 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 I'm not saying it needs to close both ways, especially if you got a, a player who you you know is clearly not coming back. Maybe that should be the the, the, the exception. That it should be. If you are considering coming back, you have to make a decision by X. If you have not made your decision by this date, returning to your school is not an option. Yeah. You can go to other schools. You can take your visits, but your original school can can wipe their hands of you. Just needs structure. That's not that's not a, that's not the worst idea.
3: No, because we we've gone we we've gone too far. I, I like that players have had more freedom because they've had none until recently. The the NFL right. players have a say in what happens to them, but not every say. It, it's it, it's gotta players and owners have to come to a consensus. They have half the vote, basically. Right now, college football players get whatever they want whenever they want to. All you have to do is threaten a lawsuit and boom, you get it. At some point, people need to start pushing back. I like that players have freedom, I like that they can make money, but more structure is needed and this is a perfect example of why. Because it's January twenty seventh and four schools think they might have this guy coming but they're not sure. And you've got his current school and you've got multiple people that are like making financial decisions as well. It's it's a mess and you can really clean it up by forcing structure. The NFL has it maybe it's time to start treating college kids like NFL players because right now they have a lot more freedom than the guys generating billions instead of just millions. Food Friday when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. (laughs) Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: With this next segment, I'm Michael Borky. It's Brian Haydatt. Send us your submissions on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. It's time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's. Some of the most fun we have on this show, despite Bucky on Twitter's complaints last night, is talking about food oh. and our obsession with great barbecue and cooking out every Friday at this time, 520. We'll talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meet each week. We talk about our favorite ways to grill their delicious Polk's original Polk's Cajun or garlic and green onion sausages, as well as our other barbecue or just cooking favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick. Polk's, you have a big event tomorrow to watch the Royal Rumble. What's the spread?
2: Yeah. Nah, there's no spread. It's just pizza and wings. For what? That one. Nah, just what? pizza and wings.
3: Please, some you're cooking. I'm
2: not. I'm not hosting. I'm not hosting. I'm just. I'm just going. But so. But you're no, not. But I am cooking it? on Sunday. Okay. I'm Cooking Sunday. Cooking Sunday. So, I went and ate at a. We have a new Greek restaurant here in town in Starville. It's really good. So it got me got the, the wheels turning for me up there. I do a, a Greek style. It's it's pulled pork is not accurate, right? I cook it like pulled pork, but I pull it off just before it reaches that like that 200 degree mark. Where it starts to shred, and it still, you know, it still has like some. some not, I wouldn't say sliceability was. It's, it's more. It has like chunks. Yeah. So, And I have a cheat method that I use for that, where uh, I, I, I bone out the butt and cut it into you know good sized chunks and season those up, let them get. It's sort of like the Mississippi pot roast thing where I, I, I season them up and I let them get some smoke for a couple few hours, maybe two three hours, and then put it into a pan white wine, olive oil, a little vinegar, lemon juice, garlic, and, uh, you know, some seasonings, and then wrap that up and let it stay on the heat, and it just braises in that, that liquid, and it becomes very tender. And it's, it's sort of a cheat method with pulled pork. You could do you could do regular pulled pork like that if you wanted to, I guess. Just put, you know, your barbecue rub on there and then throw that into the pan with maybe like a beer or something. Um and it, it, it makes it super easy to do. So I'm gonna do that with some couscous, and I got some. I'm gonna do some roasted cauliflower. Shout out to my cousin. I know he's a big cauliflower guy. So I'm gonna roast some cauliflower. I got some good seasonings for that, and I'm excited.
3: That sounds great. Honestly, should be good. Mike is smoking a 45 day dry aged 12 pound prime rib. Oh my gosh. Woo! and have fried brussels sprouts and smoked mac and cheese as sides. Wow. Dwayne and Brandon, sorry to hear it, pal. Found out today I have covid. My sweet wife made this big pot of homemade chicken soup for me. At least you have an excuse to like sit around and just eat and keep yourself isolated from the outside world for a few days. There's worse things that you could do. Hopefully, of course that you are okay and and all that good stuff. And yeah, the food get looks better, good. Wayne. Food looks really good. Keith and J.S. sends us a picture of kebabs with Polk's original, deer backstrap, Oop. chicken, shrimp, onions, and orange bell peppers. My gosh, I love it. Meat lovers. A meat lovers kebab. Oh, that looks What? Great. What a great looks idea. looks fantastic. So my plan is I don't have anything purchased yet because I'm hoping to, to catch it. I'm trying to go crappie fishing tomorrow. And the issue is I've had crappie before all that. I, I don't know what to do haven't come up with an idea of what to do if I catch enough to really make something out of it. So goal is to catch a lot of crappie. Beetle spins, by the way. Those are the best. Winter, they're the best baits anytime. If you just want to go to a pond and just catch fish, just throw a beetle spin out there. Anytime of year, might be bass, might be crappie, might be brim, big ones anyway. You'll catch something. Anyway, I don't know what to do, though. I haven't decided what I want to do, so I need y'all's help. If I catch a considerable amount of crappie, I think the limit's 30. I'm not going to be taking home 30. What do I do with them? Or what should I do with them?
2: Just fry them up. I mean, what else is there to do with them?
3: What the, I would like to be more creative than just frying them. Although fried, I mean, it's great. Put it on a po' boy and, and you're rocking and rolling. But I'd like to do something a little more creative than that. At least I think I'd do.
2: I don't know, man. When I hear crappie, all I think is just fried fish. I don't know what else there is. There's not a,
3: not much wrong with that. Cody and Petal no. says red bean sausage and rice tonight. Pot looks great. Somebody says you fry them no other way. There's got to be another way. Got to. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love love myself good fried fish, but I feel like it. I feel like I want to be a little bit more creative. Especially on Sunday when it's going to be cold and raining around here, I think. No, I don't
2: know. I just, I can't, I'm, I'm thinking through my head, like, and you know, there's all sorts of ways to cook lots of different fish, but with crappie, I just don't know how you do it, you know. I don't know about grilled crappie, you know. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't know.
3: There we go. Somebody says marinated an Italian dressing with ri- and pair it with rice. Lisa and Clara... Shout out, Lisa says, uh, grilled fish tacos with mango salsa. See, this is this is what I came here for. Love that idea. Something light. Make fish tacos. Another one. Baste the fillets in mayonnaise and put blackened fish seasoning and broil till brown. See, yes, sir.
2: No, no. I'm not putting mayonnaise on on the fit.
3: Mayonnaise on fish. No. Somebody just says fry the fish, home fries, and hush puppies. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it. There, what is that place in Destin where if you take a fishing charter, uh, you you come off the boat, the charter cuts the, the fillets for you, you walk it into the restaurant, and they, they fry it up for you on just a gigantic tray of hush puppies and french fries. What is that place in Destin? I don't know what it is, but I want to go there. Oh, man, we did this uh, on one spring break. We went on one of those headboats. Where they just give you just rods to throw over the side, they take you out just a few miles on a reef or whatever, and you just they let you bring coolers on the boat, and there's like 20 people on the boat, and you just drink beer and just pull up snapper or whatever from the reef. We we killed them that day, and we were just we were, you know, we we were 22 years old, but we were two years younger than that, just pounding beers on this boat, just you know catching fish all day and in the dock hand when we get back it's like hey just take these fillets into that restaurant right there and they fried it for us for like five dollars a person and we got like lunch trays stacked with french fries and hush puppies and the fish that we just caught harbor docks is that what it is so john says that was an awesome day yeah i'll never forget that so i guess i should apparently just do the same CJ says, mayo goes away but seals in the moisture. Yeah, kind of like smoking meat, I guess. I see.
2: Huh? I, 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 I refuse to believe mayo goes away. I was having a discussion with us about grilled cheese sandwiches the other day, or, or actually earlier today, about how people tell you, to like, brush the instead of using butter, you should brush the bread with mayonnaise. And, it, oh, you know, you don't taste the mayonnaise. I don't believe you. I'm not going to take that risk. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have mayonnaise taste in my mouth.
3: Well, but do you taste the mustard when you smoke stuff? You use that as a binder. I don't use mustard. You don't use so. mustard, really.
2: I don't use binder. I very rarely. I mean, the meat is usually moist enough that it'll yeah. hold on to what I want.
3: AJ's apparently will do it too. Could be AJ's back porch or Dewey Destin's. I don't remember what the place was. Honestly, we were on the boat a long time. And the cooler was empty when we got back. So, I, you know, I don't remember what the restaurant was called. I just remember it was uh, awesome. Dale in the Delta says, no better way for crappie than fried. A cold day is the best day to be outside frying some crappie and drinking a beer. Well, it's going to be really nice tomorrow, like mid-60s, and then we're going to have a yeah. week straight of rain. So I'm trying to take advantage while I can. Uh, I went to Bass Pro and bought... 20 dollars worth of beetle spins which is like 35 of them they're so cheap and they just slay the crawfish around here or crawfish that they, they slay the crappie around here or anywhere always
0: don't I mean, be I'm, I'm,
2: yeah. don't be a yuppie. fry them crappie <laughs> I agree just fry them nothing better than fried crappie do you have like the the uh, the outdoor fryer thing?
3: No, I, I would inside? just do it in a skillet. Okay. Yeah, I, I wish I had something like that. I don't. I would love to have one. Like a turkey fryer? Yeah. 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 And do some small crawfish boils or low country boils in it as well. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beetle spin is, uh, is what I call them. Um, let me make sure I'm telling you right. Yeah, beetle spin. That's... Um, Oh, man. And they come in all different color variants, and they're like 99 cents at the store. I'm serious. They, they are so cheap. And they'll catch anything, especially if you got like a, a like a 10-year-old with you, and you just throw it out and retrieve, throw it out and retrieve, throw it out and retrieve. You will catch fish on those. All different kinds. I don't know. So many people overcomplicate fishing. It's like, man, throw a beetle spin. You'll catch something. Yeah. I promise. It really is, yeah. Keep your messages fishing coming in. Fishing is simple at, it is. at its heart. It really is. We'll uh, we'll keep them coming when we get back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
0: Talk Mississippi. Your all access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk, Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at Supertalk.fm.
3: 49ers fans done messed up. They, Uh-oh, what happened? They, they put 49ers gear on the Rocky statue. It's over. Oh.
2: Eagles by 30.
3: By the way, I, I've been to those steps in Philly, mm-hmm. and it's so funny to watch. People try to like hide it, but people go there to run up the steps and turn around and put their arms up. Yeah. And they do it quickly, look around and put them down like I don't want to embarrass myself, and you, you just sit there and Embrace watch.
2: Embrace it! I know. It's so funny, though. I don't know why you're there. It's so funny that a movie character got a statue,
3: is what I laugh at. It's a movie character. Yeah, what else? Like, what other movie relates to a city that could that's give them a... like, That's what
2: I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Rudy's a real a sta- person. Uh, can we Can we get a, uh, a, a statue of Jake Brigance from A Time to Kill in Canton? Can we make that happen? Or Carl Lee Haley, actually, is the one who deserves a statue.
3: Is there a sports movie that that could apply to? Somebody that deserves a, a statue R- that Rudy's is not a, real, a real, Rudy's real, real thing. character that deserves
2: um, a statue. Yeah, You know, because so many of those things, they use, like, fake themes and stuff. So, uh, you know, Henry Rowan Gartner, could he get a statue outside of Wrigley Field? <laughs> that would be One. Um, trying to think. Trying to think.
3: Bud Kilmer from Far City Blues.
2: Yeah, put it out there, West Canaan. Booby Miles. But that's a fake school, though. Yeah, Booby Booby Miles at Permian, although his life is not uh has not gone the way you would want. Oh. so yeah, he got arrested. He's um, in jail right now, I think. Not good. But you
3: could put you could put
2: Mike you could put Mike Winchell out there, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I had run into one of those situations, and I won't be descriptive because the crimes are abhorrent, but I, there, there's a band I used to like when I was in high school called Lost Prophets. And the other day, one of their okay. songs got stuck in my head, and I thought, well, I wonder what they're up to now. And then uh, the lead singer is going to be in prison for the rest of his life. So not good. Not uh, not there good. Go. So I can't like that band anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, no. I, I can't do it. There's a
2: good one here. We need a statue of Forrest Gump at Alabama. Consensus yes. All-American. Congressional Medal of Honor winner. Put it up the up statue of him. It should be right there between Bear and Saban.
3: It still doesn't make any sense that he was an All-American football player,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, had a viral moment meeting the president, was a multimillionaire, very mm-hmm. successful business, ran across mm-hmm. the country in a story that was covered mm-hmm. by news outlets everywhere. Everywhere, and not a single person at the bus stop believed a word of his story. Nobody believed. It. Yeah, there was never like, "Oh, you're Forrest Gump." Yeah, you know, not one person. Just because believed you him. think
2: you hear, you hear stories about a person like that, and you don't believe it's like this simpleton who's sitting on the park bench with you, you know, waiting on the bus. You think it's like this larger than life yeah. character, you know. You expect the you know all American football player, war hero. how least you expect some huge buff guy. And it's, it's, it's Forrest. Gump. there was a, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. I need to find it again, but they talked about, uh, Forrest Gump too. They had Tom Hanks talking about how they, they were going to do it and it was going to involve nine 11 or something. And that's when nine 11 happened, like they, they decided not to do it. I don't know exactly what it was, but he went into like a lot of detail of like what Forrest was going to have done. And the first thing they said was, "Well, his son died of AIDS." I was like, "Ah, no, I'm out right at the
3: beginning of the movie. I'm oh, dude, out." Thanks,
2: Little Forest. So, Forrest Gump, that, that's a good one.
3: What Rick Vaughn in Cleveland Rick, would be. Imagine Rick one.
2: Vaughn in front, in front of, in front of Jacobs. I don't know if it's called Jacobs Field anymore. But Wherever the Indians played, that would be. Great. I, I, I don't want Rick Vaughn. I want the whole team from the end of the first movie where they're holding up Vaughn and they're holding up the girl actually, and it's it's Vaughn and Jake Taylor and and Willie Mays Hayes and Serrano. I want I, I want them all in the in the statue. I want I want Dorn. I want Lou Brown. All of them.
3: Got a recommendation for? I believe this is ceviche to make. By the way, with that ceviche, crop. ceviche. ceviche. It, Ceviche. Ceviche is a, a
2: Mexican raw it's 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 not raw. They take uh, fish and they like squeeze a lot of citrus over it and that cures the fish. Yeah. So it's cooked without cooking. And so yeah, it's huge in Mexico.
3: Apparently Jackson boys call them okay. white perch. Do people really call crappie white perch? Is that I thought that was a different mm-hmm. fish. Some people do. Nah. But I spent a lot of time catching. No, it is here. a different. It's absolutely a different fish. Is it?
2: Yes. I thought they were the same thing. Right. Dirty Harry in San Francisco. I see. I don't know about today's San Francisco. I don't know if Dirty Harry is really the message that that city's trying to send anymore. Probably I would love it, though. not. I would love that. Rowan Gardner in front of Wrigley Field would make me laugh really, really hard.
3: Throwing the underhand as well.
2: Yeah, and I want the I want the coach. I forget his name. Rowan Spader? <laughs> Hot ice. Hot ice? Hot yes. <laughs> so we got some people who were, like, mentioning people who, who like, said Bull, Bud Kilmer. Like, there is no West Canaan high school is the problem. There's it, no West Canaan, Texas, to put the statue in. And then you have some people who were mentioning, like, Michael Ower. Michael Ower's is a real person. We, 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 we need a real city, but a fake person. That's what we need. Yeah.
3: I mean, just like Rocky. But how many of those are there? Because you can't so really we get, use team names in most who, movies because uh, the leagues don't license their teams out very often. Right,
2: right, right. I was not thinking like the replacements. They have the Washington Sentinels, Sentinels. What was his name in that movie? Shane what was Falco. was Keanu's name? Shane Falco. Can I get a Shane Falco statue in Washington? I don't know. That's That, that, that would be one we could look at. Trying to think like baseball movies, you know, Rookie of the Year is like the only one. He had little big league. I don't remember what the kid's name who managed the Twins was. You put him out there though.
3: Oh yeah, I remember when he got super excited that his favorite player, yeah, ran out an infield single. Yeah, hard yeah. decisions, man.
2: Yeah, it was tough. It's tough. That's a good movie though. It was a good movie. Very underrated. I feel like it gets under the radar because of
3: Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I think I think Nobody the remembers Little is Big the movie. most underrated football movie. Or maybe Very all good sports movie. movie.
2: Love it. If that movie had the NFL teams in it, it would be remembered a lot better. Yeah. Oh, I got one then. Hold on, I got one. I want a statue of Steeman Willie Beeman in Miami.
3: No? Any given Sunday? Yeah, but he wasn't it wasn't the Dolphins though. I thought but it was still, the Sharks. That's yeah. it's fictional. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, and Dolphins it's fight fictional. sharks and yeah. You get him and,
2: and coach uh oh, Tony D'Amato. You give me D'Amato and and Steven Willie Beeman in uh, in the same statue.
3: We were so lame. We had that uh football's a game of inches speech on our uh, our pregame playlist in our high school games that played in our stadium every Friday. Well,
2: oh Miss used to- Ole Miss used to play that uh, during the games. And so when I'd go up there every two years for a game, they would play that. They did it for a few years. And I would always make a point to stand up and yell the curse words. (laughs) Because they obviously had the edited version of that. And I'd be like, that's going to make the
3: bleeping difference between what are they losing? Guys, crappie and white perch are not the same fish. They they are different fish. I I, am getting well-actuallyed. On the text line, crappie and white perch are not the same fish. They are two different types of fish. I promise. The na- it, it's the name white perch is sometimes applied to the white crappie, but they are not. There is a white perch that is a real fish that is not a crappie. It just gets incorrectly attributed. Don't well, actually, me. I know this.
2: Yeah. Ricky Bobby statue at. Uh at Talladega. I want, if we we're going to do Ooh, that, I want one. it to be him. I want him with his hands. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I want that. Roy Hobbs. So he played for, was it the New York Knights? Yeah. So you have to have that somewhere in New York? Okay. I'm down with a Roy Hobbs statue. Nobody's going to complain about a Roy Hobbs statue. Somebody mentioned Jimmy Chitwood, and somebody else mentioned Gene Hackman's character, Norman Dale. But I don't think there's a Hickory, Indiana. Let's see. So we got fake. We got fakes. We don't have the right city. Because I know that, that that movie is based on a real team. New Richmond, team is
3: Indiana Hickory. is the town. Yeah, it's not. And there's 300 well, you can put, people You in could the put town. It there,
2: though. Well, you could put a statue there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it.
3: Brandon and Corin says the people that sometimes apply that name are sometimes wrong. Two totally different fish. I'm telling you.
0: Ugh.
2: And then on the other side of our conversation, Stephen from Greenville says, "Put up a statue of Maverick at Top Gun." <laughs> now we are talking. Yes. How great would that be if there was a statue of Maverick at the Naval Combat Aviators facility or whatever its the real name of that place is? I would. I would. That would
3: be incredible. So, Ray Finkel in Miami. (laughs) Laces out! One more segment with you when we come back. Sports Talk, Mississippi. Don't go anywhere.
0: Opening in Mississippi Sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk, Mississippi.
3: All right, Vince, i got to single you out. Because this is the kind of stuff we deal with on a a daily basis. You drop one little thing in there about how you're going to go crappie fishing this weekend, and somebody calls it a white perch, and I tell you they're not the same thing, and then we get a message like this. This is from Vince. Crappie or crappy, phonetically, white perch... And specks are all the same fish unless you're from South Carolina. First of all, both pronunciations of the fish are fine. Crappy, fine. Crappy, also totally acceptable. They are not the same fish. And my place of origin does not change that fact. They're not the same fish. You have a phone, pull up Google and type in are crappie and white perch the same. Not only will it give you a description of the families in which these fish come from, and they are different, they, they are not in the same genus. They will also show you pictures that clearly, clearly show that they are not the same. They, they are indistinguishable. Or they are not indistinguishable. You can tell the difference. They're two different kinds of fish. So yes, I grew up in the state of South Carolina. no. That does not change the fact that you are wrong and you're correcting me despite me being right and you being wrong. Well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, any final thoughts going into the weekend?
2: I still think they're the same fish. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, Big sports weekend. A lot going on. Good college basketball tomorrow. Royal Rumble tomorrow night. Uh, and then uh, conference championships on Sunday, so we should have a lot to talk about on uh, on Monday, um, and we should be set for a, for a big Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, and then next week next week's signing day, and State and Ole Miss Ooh. should combine for about three signees, if I had to
3: guess. So something like that. Very excited about that. Yeah. Apparently there's momentum mm-hmm. to make that back to being the only signing day.
2: Yes, uh, I saw Sankey talking about that a few weeks ago. I can't help but agree, to be honest, with the portal. The portal and the signing day have have made it almost impossible to like run coaching searches. Now you've got to get somebody in so quickly because you want to hold your signing class together. So maybe, maybe go back. you know. And I like the early signing period. I feel like it benefits Mississippi State, to be totally honest with you. But this is one time where I, I do kind of agree with the conference that it's just this perfect storm right there at the beginning of December of transfer portal and recruiting and trying to change coaches. It's just difficult. I, I get it.
3: Yeah, apparently the Auburn situation – put a big spotlight on why they don't need to have signing days that early because Auburn felt the need to make a change and go after another inter-conference coach. And it create it caused a distraction and a ruckus within the conference, and they kind of want to get rid of that. Apparently the league office didn't really like how that went down and when, yeah, more it. importantly, when it went down because Auburn, for some reason, Felt like they had to make a change. Right now, even though you can conduct coaching searches behind the scenes. But either way, they did it, and it just created such angst, and they want to get away from that because it is problematic, and they they, uh, they need to stop it. Google sucks. I there was a Crappie Guide for years. Countless Yanks called them white perch. Well, they are wrong. Incorrect. I mean, wrong. there's a scientific like application to two different to those Yanks are incorrect. They are wrong. Simply put, sports talk radio fans frequently were wrong, never in doubt. Yeah, that can can be applied to me as well. <laughs> it's every day. That's same here, yeah. Wrong, all the time. We're not going to be wrong in our Super Bowl picks, though. Eagles, Bengals. That's
2: Eagles, Bengals.
3: Is taking a win tomorrow?
2: Maybe. It's hard to predict them to win, but they they could win. They could win. If they play the way they played yesterday, they they have a good chance.
3: Yeah, for sure. Had some fun on this Friday. Thank you guys so much for for tuning in, being a part. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at Sports Talk Miss if you have one. Also on Facebook, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Thunder and Lightning there as well if you want all Mississippi State every day. Rebel Report, Eagle Hour, all on your favorite podcast app. For Richard Cross, who was off again today, I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Hada. We'll see you guys on Monday at three. Y'all have a good weekend.